Many of you might not be old enough to really remember this, but this did make headlines back in 2013, shortly after uh, Pope Francis was elected to the papacy. He did his very first uh, major uh, interview with a uh, magazine, a, a Jesuit-run publication. And the interviewer asked him very famously, who is Jorge Mario Bergoglio? That is his uh, name given at birth. And he famously responded, I am a sinner. And many people might have heard that and been awed by this profound act of humility, or maybe thought, wow, what a very nice, pious phrase. That was such a, a nice thing to say. But Pope Francis continued in that interview, this is the most accurate definition. It is not a figure of speech. I am a sinner. In our world today of you know, widespread brokenness and in our families and relationships, uh, we often, so many of us, struggle with understanding a correct identity of ourselves and appreciating that we're, we're loved into existence by God and that we're good. And so in light of that struggle that we all have, uh, this notion of identifying oneself, first and foremost as a sinner, might seem at best unhelpful or furthermore an outdated pious notion. But the Catechism tells us in the, actually the opening paragraph on the section on prayer, that humility is the foundation of prayer because man is a beggar before God, quoting Saint Augustine. And in our gospel today, we see two ways of dealing with the reality of sin, two ways of acknowledging one's sinfulness and then what does one do with that. One is the way of, that brings about humility in acknowledging sinfulness. The other leads to pride. So herein lies the great sin of the Pharisees in this story of when they catch the woman caught in adultery. Both here are sinners in this story. The Pharisees, they on some level deep down know they're sinners, but they're unwilling to acknowledge that. And so this sense of shame carries with them and enters so deeply in their heart that deep down they're probably thinking something like, I'm a sinner, but I can conquer sin on my own. Or perhaps I'm such a bad sinner, God can't help me. So I'm not even going to turn to God and open up to God and others about my sin. This, in fact, uh, is a reality that's been happening and that tempts all of us 
since the fall of Adam and Eve. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, they also fell into this pride, this bad type of shame. Because when they sinned, they did not acknowledge their sin before God and repent, but they covered themselves up. They hid from one another. They hid from God. They blamed one another. And so that's a constant temptation through fallen humanity, through human history, to bear the weight of one's sin and have nothing to do with it and turn that into pride that I don't have to do anything about it, that I'm fine just the way I am, and that God can't help me in this, God's not interested in this, or I can, I can do it on my own. I'm strong enough to conquer sin. But then there's a healthy awareness of sin. There's a healthy sense of shame, that, that shame that when I realize I did something wrong and my conscience is stinging and I leads me to repentance. That's good shame, because that's born of humility. And so perhaps implicitly, this woman caught in adultery had that, or at least Jesus drew that out of her. Because in her implicit confession of faith uh, to Christ in that moment, she acknowledged her sinfulness and acknowledged that Jesus was the Savior and can help her in this and desires to help her and desires to show her mercy. So deeper down in her heart, in that sense of humility and acknowledgement of her sin, she is confessing, I can't fix my brokenness on my own. I need God. I need the Savior. And so in that way, awareness of sin and identifying oneself as a sinner in a healthy way, as Pope Francis famously did, is a good thing and in fact is a necessary thing for every Christian to be continually aware that we are sinners. But acknowledging sin, one's sinfulness is not the end goal. What healthy shame should do is lead us to humility and then confidence in God. And so if I have that proper sense of sinfulness and humility, then I can say, I can place all of that trust, all of that need in God not myself. And so the more that leads to confidence in God and inviting God into one's life, then that's a very healthy and necessary thing. Last week, a few dozen of you were at our Tuesday formation talk. We had a guest speak about the Jesus prayer, which is one of the most ancient forms of non-liturgical prayer or we might say devotional prayer. And it's that simple phrase from the gospel, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the idea behind the Jesus prayer is that one just utters that phrase 
continually throughout the day under one's breath. And that's what all of the earliest monks and nuns of the desert in Egypt uh, did. Whenever they were not in chapel praying, when they were out working, they would just continually utter that phrase all day, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that really is part of the original Christian spirituality because those early desert monks and nuns intuited that humility is the foundation of prayer, as the Catechism says. Because if there's no awareness of sin, then why do we need God at all? Why do we need a Savior? So let us all cultivate a healthy awareness of our sins because it is necessary for our salvation. It is necessary for a life of prayer. And may it lead us to a deeper confidence in God, a confidence that leads us to trust that God can help me, God wants to, and nothing can hinder his mercy if we allow him. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.